Charlotte. It's Shelby. It's Riley. And, and it's, it's time, time to smut up and listen. Just a reminder for today's episode and all future episodes, our opinions are subjective. We don't advocate for kink shaming or author shaming. This is all in good smutty fun. Enjoy. And today's episode trigger warnings are explicit sexual content, child abuse, talk of suicide, and graphic violence. And today's book is Twisted Love by Anna Huang. And what did you give it on Goodreads, Shelby? I give it a 3.5. It was good. There wasn't anything like that was wrong with it per se it just wasn't nothing grabbed my attention yeah. yeah i didn't like feel a connection with any character or anything like no. that like i definitely wouldn't have read it on my own would you give it i gave it a four okay the story did i give it a four i'm gonna say 3.5 the story was fine there were some parts of the plot that bothered me i'll tell you when we get there and it should have been more spicy from yeah. like the hype it had i feel like people were like yeah it's so spicy but like was it you're like have you guys read some of these other ones yeah (laughs) riley my quote for you i love watching you come apart his hands grip my hips possessively only for me sunshine never forget that it's from one of the only spicy scenes in the book (laughs) (laughs) mine is don't try to humanize me i'm not a tortured hero from one of your romantic fantasies you have no idea what i'm capable of and just because i promised josh i'd look after you doesn't mean i can protect you from yourself and your bleeding heart Oh my god. The dramatics. Okay, so we start in our female main character's POV. Her name is Ava, and she's stranded alone at a bus stop in the middle of a rainstorm. The bus doesn't run on the weekends, and her Uber app isn't working, which was weird because she had cell service. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Yeah, I don't know. And she only has one option. She has to call her brother Josh, who's in the middle of having sex when she calls. Oh. Awkward. Yeah, why would you answer your sister's phone call? How does she know? She can just talk? She can hear like the girl moaning in the back. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's like he's like trying to muffle the phone. But like. Oh. Yeah. Why would you even answer? Yeah. Josh tells her that someone will be right there. Someone meaning not him. He's busy. He's fucking. He's fucking. And then he hangs up. And a while later, a black Aston Martin pulls up and her stomach drops. This is the last person she wants picking her up. And an Aston Martin is one of those cars I don't understand because, like, they're so fancy, but I think they're so ugly. Yeah. They are hideous. Yeah. But this guy drives an Aston Martin. Good for him. His name is Alex Volkov. And Alex is her brother's rich, genius best friend. They always have to be rich. And he is for sure a billionaire. Yeah. Never a millionaire. Always a Never. billionaire. Yeah. Physically, everything about him was beautiful. The jade green eyes that glared out from beneath dark brows like chips hewn from a glacier. The sharp jawline and elegant sculpted cheekbones. The lean frame and thick light brown hair that somehow looked both tussled and perfectly quaffed. He resembled a statue in an Italian museum come to life. Oh my god. Hottie. What a description. Also an Italian statue, but he is Ukrainian. Yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) Also, she is half... Chinese. Her name is Ava Chen. She gets in the car and they drive in silence and then suddenly she remembers she forgot to pick up the cake for her brother's going away party that they're going to. So that's what she was on her way to go do. Mm -hmm. And she asks Alex if they can stop to grab it. And he says only if she stops talking. He's like a dick. (laughs) Yes. They always are. They pull up and he tells her that she can't go out like that and she looks down and her white t-shirt is soaked and completely (laughs) see-through. Oh no. Yeah. He tells her he isn't looking because she isn't his type. And then he goes in for her. She was like, give me your jacket and I'll go in. And he's like, no, I'll go in and get it myself. 
and then they go to the party. We switch to Alex's POV, and at the party, two girls are trying desperately to seduce him, but he is not interested. Like, the girls are like, we'll have a threesome with you, and he's like, we do everything together, is like literally what one of them said. Yeah. Oh my god. And he tells them that they can't handle what he's into. Okay. (laughs) Which we find out what he's into. It's nothing crazy. No. (laughs) Now I want to know what it is. Oh, you'll know. Josh approaches him and asks him to watch out for Ava while he's gone. So he's going to... It just says Central America. Yeah, because he's a doctor. Okay. Like he just finished his doctorate program. So he's going to go like help the Central Americans. (laughs) He's worried that she's too trusting and can't take care of herself. And she's also been having drama with her ex-boyfriend, Liam. He just like won't leave her alone, keeps texting her, wants to get her back. But he cheated on her and he's an asshole. Alex reluctantly agrees and looks over to Ava and starts fantasizing about her. Which is weird because he hates her. But. Yeah. She's not his type. He even said. She's an ugly bitch. The ugliest bitch I've ever seen in my life. You're not my type. My mind flashed back to our car ride when her damp shirt had clung to her like a second skin and her nipples had strained against the decadent red lace of her bra. I'd meant what I'd said about her not being my type, but I enjoyed the view. I could imagine myself lifting that shirt, tugging her bra aside with my teeth and closing my mouth around those sweet, hardened peaks. but she's not his type no nope what about her is not your type sir it doesn't even say what type he has either no i think she's just too sweet yeah i think that's the only thing he does want a bitch he pulls himself out of the fantasy and reminds himself that she is forbidden she's his best friend's little sister which i think is such a stupid trope i mean i'm an only child so like I don't know the dynamics. I think we've had this discussion before, but if I had an older sibling, I wouldn't give a shit who they dated. No. Or if I had a younger sibling, I guess. I also wouldn't give a shit, but I don't know. I mean, well, if it's your best friend. It'd be a little awkward at first, but then it would be like normal. It would be forbidden. No. No. They're all adults. They are all adults. Alex is 26. I think he turns 27 in the book. Yeah. And then she's only 24. So it's not like it's a big difference either. Mm -hmm. No. Josh tells him that he's asking Alex to keep an eye on her because he knows Ava isn't Alex's type and that Alex would never cross that boundary. (laughs) Alex takes his responsibility very seriously and tells himself that she is under his protection now. Oh my God. Yeah. This is his one job now. He's going to quit his other job. He has a random flashback that involves lots of blood and three dead bodies but no further information so they both have like traumatic pasts that they frequently flash back to okay as josh is thanking him and telling alex he owes him big alex's phone rings and it's his uncle ivan who is the ceo of their real estate business so ivan is the ceo alex is the coo but alex does like basically everything yeah okay he's the one that like made the company successful Ivan's just the head man in charge. He asks Alex if he's taking care of the problem yet. And Alex tells him, not yet. Not yet. That's not how he sounds. (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) We're close to justice, vengeance, salvation. For 16 years, the pursuit of those three things had consumed me. They were my every waking thought, my dream and nightmare, my reason for living. Oh my God. Revenge. So serious. He's very serious. Calm down. And this is in reference to them taking down the man who destroyed his family. Okay. But we don't know. Mm-mm. No. 
we just kind of assume that it has something to do with his flashback to three dead bodies. We switch to Ava's POV. She and her friend Jules go to Josh's house the next morning to help him pack the rest of his house up. And Jules is like very abrasive, straightforward. So she has Jules and then she has Bridget, who's the princess of like Genovia. Territory. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it reminded me. Shit. And then Stella's an influencer. Yeah. Oh my god there's such a wide variety and they're all so fancy oh. ava finds out that alex is taking over josh's lease for the year that he's gone and they're going to be neighbors so josh lives next door to ava and alex is moving into josh's house okay josh insists that he didn't do it solely for alex to watch her but the stuff going on with her ex liam does make alex being nearby a plus a couple days later josh is gone and she decides to bring alex some cookies so at this point josh has gone to central america to go do his thing and she wants to welcome alex to the neighborhood so she bakes him some red velvet cookies and brings him over what a sweet gal he invites her in which is unheard of and she asks him why he doesn't have any pictures up anywhere and he says he doesn't need to put any up because he has something called hyperthymesia so he can recall every memory he's ever had in great detail and it's like watching a horror movie he says oh my god she asks if there's any romance or comedy and a bead of sweat drips down between her breasts which was weird because like was it hot doesn't say she's just sweaty she's just getting nervy what is it called hyperhidrosis yeah. <laughs> when you're just super sweaty yeah. yeah so he has hyperthymesia she has hyperhidrosis and then she catches him watching the bead of sweat dripping between her breasts that's a big bead of sweat. Too. I know. <laughs> and I would be so embarrassed. I'd be like, I, also, like, <laughs> yeah. would you genuinely feel that? Like, I think you would. I think you would feel it, but I don't think you could see it. Would you be like, I know, but would you just like let it drop down or would you be like, yeah. yeah. I'd wipe my chest. Like wipe it. Yeah. Like, oh. And she must be very sweaty everywhere else, too, if she's dripping sweat down her chest. And she's just like, I made you cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I've been slaving away over these all day. I just slaved over a hot oven. Uh, maybe that's why. Go. Yeah. There you go. He tells her to go home now and she's filled with anticipation about what's going to happen between the two of them. Why? She knows. Your sweaty ass just brought him over cookies <laughs> and he told you to leave. And she's like, oh my God, what's going to happen? We're definitely going to fuck. <laughs> we switched to Alex's POV. A week later, he's doing his regular Krav Maga classes with his friend slash instructor, Ralph. And Ralph owns the Krav Maga What's dojo. Krav Maga? <laughs> Martial arts. Okay. Ralph mentions that they're starting up a beginner's class and Alex decides to text Ava and let her know because he thinks it would be a good idea for her to learn some self-defense. He also had a new security system installed in her house. He is taking his job okay. so seriously. He's going like over the top. Yeah. Josh was just like, just watch her keep an eye out yeah and he's like i will do everything for her but i hate her she's ugly he thinks to himself that he wouldn't mind her dropping off more cookies in that little outfit and sweaty boob crack he doesn't say sweaty boob crack but i said sweaty boob crack (laughs) i was like were those his exact words sweaty like i want to get in between those little sweaty folds (laughs) not the folds he spars with ralph for the next hour but gets concerned when he sees that ava hasn't responded to his text yet because i guess she's a quick texter also how would he know that yeah he doesn't they don't talk yeah but she's not texting he calls her and no answer so he gets in his car and speeds to her house (laughs) he's like she's not answering i have to go bye 
This is so dramatic. Jules, and they call her the redhead menace, answers the door and tells Alex that Ava is at a friend's house and he wants to know where. And she's like, I'm not going to tell you, but if you bring me with you, I'll show you. Alex reluctantly agrees. And when they get to the house she's at, he starts thinking about how pissed off he'd be if she was there having sex with someone. Okay, sir. He doesn't like her. Don't fuck anybody else. You guys aren't even, like, remotely, like, talking. They're not even friends. No. What the fuck? He barrels into the house, and she's in the middle of, like, a boudoir photo shoot, and he loses his shit. And he grabs the guy's camera and starts to delete all the pictures off the camera of Ava. What the fuck? Despite everyone asking him not to, including Ava. Yeah. Ava was like, why are you doing this? Please stop. It was literally a project for school school what the fuck this guy's a psycho oh also she's a photographer okay ava lunges for him and when she starts to climb him like a spider monkey he gets all horned up at the contact she says to give the camera back or she'll go out and walk the street in the outfit that she's in okay yeah he's like if you do that i will literally end this man's life (laughs) he's like i'm going to be toxic your brother asked me to watch you i'm doing what he asked She calls him an asshole and gets dressed and he tells the photographer to never ask her to take photos like that again and then they drive back together in silence. I wouldn't even get in the fucking car with him. No. I'd be like, you are insane. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yeah. We switch to Ava's POV and a few days later, she and her friends, Jules, Stella, and Bridget, are having a coffee date. They always go to the same coffee shop. I thought something significant was going to happen with the coffee shop, but they just like going to this specific coffee shop. And Jules is telling everybody about what happened with Alex and the photographer. And Ava's still really pissed off about it. And then Liam texts her, but she ignores it. So I guess this is like a pretty regular thing. Jules suggests something called Operation Emotion. Jules is toxic too. And this was so stupid. I thought this was going to be a bigger part of the story. It's like maybe a chapter. Since Alex seems devoid of all emotion with everyone except apparently Ava, she should try to get him to exhibit as many human emotions as possible. Ava reluctantly agrees. And the first phase is Operation Sadness. She wants to make him sad. Oh my god. A few days later, she's ready and wearing her favorite cotton sundress and is going to bring over some sad movies and she picks a walk to remember and Marley and Me. Marley and Me fucked me up. I won't watch it because I know. (laughs) Don't. I won't. She's planning on having an impromptu movie marathon at Alex's. He answers the door and is clearly dressed to go out and he tells her that he was on his way to a date but tells her to tell him why she's there. How is he allowed to go out on a date and she can't even do like a photography thing for yeah, class? What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. And the date was definitely like a sex date. It was a sex date for sure. She tells him that she thought he might be lonely and need company but tells him to enjoy his date and then she turns to leave like a rational person. Yes. And then he tells her to stop and come in. <laughs> i'm sorry he's like oh no i have a date and she's like okay yeah and And then he's like okay stop i'll cancel god (laughs) shut the fuck up get back in here (laughs) but i hate you he catches a glimpse of the dvds in her bag and makes a face and she asks if he's not a fan of mandy moore and he says he doesn't do melodrama that's literally all he does is melodrama yeah yeah she pops the movie in and he tells her that he's already seen it hilarious but plops down onto the couch and they watch it together and she's appalled because he doesn't even shed a tear and she is like fully sobbing she scoots closer to him on the couch and runs her hands down his back and he freezes and asks what she's doing and she says that she's looking for his control panel (laughs) 
to see if he's a robot. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> he grabs her arm and spins her around so she's straddling his leg and he says not to play with him unless she wants to get hurt. Don't try to humanize me. I'm not a tortured hero from one of your romantic fantasies. You have no idea what I'm capable of. And just because I promised Josh I'd look after you doesn't mean I can protect you from yourself and your bleeding heart. <laughs> <laughs> She tells him he's overreacting to a simple joke and gets angry saying that she is not a helpless idiot because everyone treats her like she's yeah. stupid. Yeah, what the fuck? She's not a child. And her brother's like, you need a guardian. <laughs> you are 24 years you young. You clearly are a baby, good by essentially. yourself. She doesn't need him and Josh to watch out for her just because she chooses to see the good in people. And then he softens and smiles, running a hand down the small of her back and says, the rose-tinted glasses look good on her and calls her Sunshine. And Sunshine is her nickname. From here on out. Yeah, throughout the rest of the book, he calls her Sunshine. Alex's hand trailed up my spine until it rested on the back of my neck, leaving a cascade of tingles in their wake. I feel it dripping all over me. He did not. What? An inferno consumed my body. You're... You, no, I'm not. I sputtered, pushing him away and scrambling off him. My core pulsed. Oh my God, what if I was? I couldn't look, afraid I'd see a telltale wet spot on his jeans. Wait a second. She jizzed on it? No, but she's getting all snail traily over him. Oh my God. Because he was like, I feel it dripping all over me. And she's like, she's like, uh, excuse me? What's dripping on you? But he was referring to her bleeding heart. Oh, not her, like not her. What did pussy. you? I'm yeah. Like, Wait a second. Is she really just gushing? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I might have left a little, a little snail trail on your pants there, because she is wearing a sundress and sitting on his leg. But he put her there. Yeah, he did. But he hates her. But he hates her. You are not my type. <laughs> He tells her he was talking about her bleeding heart and asks what she thought he meant. And she says, never mind. And he starts laughing, which she's never seen before. Shut up. He doesn't laugh. He asks what movie is next. And she says, Marley and me. And he says, put it in. And she's like, that's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) She sits as far away from him as possible on the couch this time. And because she's just so uncomfortable the sexual tension it's just cut it with a knife yeah honestly but she falls asleep we switch to alex's pov and he carries ava upstairs to his bed they have to share a bed because the guest room isn't set up and the couch wouldn't have been comfortable doesn't she live next fucking door yes okay but he's like (laughs) we have to sleep in bed together oh no there's only one bed (laughs) (laughs) he can't help but look at her as she's sleeping and admire her beauty not my type but not his type. Still ugly. My mind flashes back to earlier in the night. Her skin had turned the prettiest shade of red when I made my dripping comment. And while I joked about her bleeding heart, a part of me, a very large part, had wanted to bend her over my knee, yank up her skirt, and find out how wet she was. Because I'd seen the lust in those big brown eyes. She'd been turned on. And if she hadn't moved away when she did, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) Oh my god, you're crazy. (laughs) He knows he shouldn't be having indecent thoughts about his best friend's little sister. And he shouldn't have stood up his date with Madeline and let Ava in. He only tolerates Madeline because she fucks like a porn star. But I guess she's really stuck up and snobby. So he has to like wine her and dine her. Before she'll fucking. Yeah. Also, stop saying little sister like she's fucking 18 or 19. She's 24. Yeah. She's like two years younger than you. Yeah. Shut up. He tucks her into bed and lays down on the other side and he can't sleep. So he plays a mental movie for himself of the first time he met Ava when Josh brought him home for Thanksgiving eight years ago. 
Suddenly, Ava's in the middle of a night terror, and she has night terrors about her almost drowning incident as a child, which we find out more about. And he waits and watches her as it passes 30 minutes later. So she's just like, ah! and he's just watching her. Mm, she looks so peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> we switch to Ava's POV, and she wakes up in the morning not knowing where she is, but snuggles up to whatever is in bed with her. She opens her eyes and looks down to see that she's got her hand wrapped around Alex's dick. What? Yeah. <laughs> she's like, this is what is so hard. <laughs> he tells her to remove her hand unless she's going to be doing something with it. And then she scrambles away from him and asks if they slept together. They weren't drinking. No. <laughs> Why would you ask that? I don't. Did you have sex with me in my sleep? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He says no, and she says, good, he's not her type. And then he asks what her type is, and she says, Ian Summerhalder. He let out a derisive snort. Better than the sparkly vampire, he muttered. Newsflash, sunshine, you and Ian aren't happening. He made Rude, an Edward but Cullen thank you. joke. She tells him to relax and says that she's not his type anyway. He said so. And then says, but maybe she is, and looks down at his tented pants. Oh. He tells her not to read into it. It's just morning wood. <laughs> He's like, happens to everyone. It's not you. You're still You're not special. <laughs> she tells him she has things to do and rushes out of the room. And then she's like, Operation Sadness was a fail. He didn't cry once. No, he's a robot. Yeah. She meets up with her friend Bridget at the animal shelter that they volunteer at. And Ava tells her that she touched Alex's dick. And then they discuss the next phase of Operation Emotion and it's Operation Disgust. Why would that be a phase? <laughs> How are you going to disgust him? A few days later, Ava shows up at Alex's house with garlic raisin asparagus cookies. Oh my god. He takes a bite and keeps a blank face, and he says they're fine, and tells her he has to go take a business call, so bye. These cookies I made. <laughs> don't you have to, like, study for school? Yeah, don't you have shit to do? Operation Disgust was a bust, and next phase is Operation Happiness, which I feel like is the only phase that made any sort of sense, yeah. but okay. She sets up a picnic with some of their favorite foods, and Alex is not into it at all. He tells her there's children screaming and a fly just landed in her salad. And then a dog walks up and pees on his shoe. <laughs> what a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> Operation Happiness is also a failure. And the next phase is Operation Fear. She video chats with Josh to get some insight as to what Alex might be afraid of. But Josh tells her that Alex isn't afraid of anything. He's tried to prank him before, but it never works. So Operation Fear is on hold indefinitely. And the last phase is Operation Jealousy. Ava and her friends are discussing a game plan at the bar when she hears Liam call her name from behind her. He asks if they can talk and her friends try to tell him to fuck off, but Ava says he has five minutes and her friends can come looking for her if it's any longer. And she only agreed because she didn't want him hovering and bugging them until she gave in, so she was just like, let's just get it over with. Yeah. He pulls her off to the side of the bar and says he wants another chance and she says no. And then he gets angry and asks if she's fucking someone else and calls her a slut. <sighs> bitch she tells him his five minutes are up and goes to walk away but he yanks her arm back so she knees him in the balls and runs as he calls her a bitch her friends go to confront him after she tells them what happened but he's already gone we switch to alex's pov and it's a week later and he's at a gala event when the guy he's talking business with starts to stare at a woman who just walked in and the guy says she's the hottest girl he's ever seen and asks alex if he knows who she is oh let me guess he turns and it's Ava <laughs> in a sleek ball gown looking hot, hot, hot. And he's like, what is she doing here? Yeah. What is she doing there? She got invited. By who? It's like through the university, like a 
faculty member was like, you're trying to like meet people and like network to do your program. So like, here's a ticket. You should go and network. Okay. Yeah. He starts to walk towards her when he stopped by Madeline, the girl he canceled his date with. And she asks when he's going to make it up to her. And he says, never. They're done. Over. She's super offended. And he says, someone else will be interested, but it's not him. He looks over to Ava and sees the man he was talking to already next to her. And when he finally reaches Ava, she's dancing with the man. His name's Colton. And laughing at something that he said. And Alex interrupts them and dismisses Colton so they can dance together. Mm. He tells her it's in her best interest to stay away from Colton. And she says he doesn't know anything about her. And then he lists off her favorite color, her favorite ice cream flavor, and her favorite season like off the top of his head. Hey, little creep. He brushes a thumb over her lip and she asks him to tell her what she wants if he knows so much about her he tells her that she wants love and he's hard as a rock in his little dress pants in his little (laughs) dress pants (laughs) i'm just imagining them like high waters on his legs little tiny dress pants pants get smaller and smaller she tells him that she thinks that's what he wants but he says absolutely not and tells her she needs to go home why no bitch (laughs) why didn't bite it yeah she says she paid for the ticket and will stay as long as she feels like and walks away and he continues talking to other businessmen while keeping an eye on ava until he loses sight of her and then 20 minutes go by and he still hasn't seen her so he looks around he walks by a coat closet and hears her yelling for whoever else is in there to get off of her and he opens the door and sees liam pinning ava to the wall yelling at her for dancing with alex Liam! He's telling her he still loves her and then she headbutts him. She's She's like, get the fuck off me! (laughs) Hell yeah. Liam goes to lunch for her and calls her a slut again, but Alex grabs him and beats the absolute shit out of him until Ava begs him to stop. And then she tells him they need to leave right now and begs him to call an ambulance. Alex says he'll call anonymously from the car and guides her outside and demands to know what went on between the two of them. We switch to Ava's POV and she tells Alex about what happened the week before with Liam when she kicked him in the balls. And he says that she should have signed up for the Krav Maga classes like he'd suggested and she probably would have been able to defend herself better she did pretty good yeah yeah she did fine yeah she's thrown back into a flashback of her mom pushing her into a lake when she was a child and those are the nightmares that she has at night she was five when she comes out of it she's sobbing hysterically and he says that he will destroy liam's entire life for what he's doing to her but she tells him that she isn't crying over liam and asks if they can get something greasy and bad to eat to salvage the night They go to a diner and he gives her his jacket to cover up and they sit down in a booth and he asks her what had her so upset and she tells him how her mom tried to drown her as a kid and her dad saved her and then her mom killed herself. Oh shit. Uh Her dad doesn't pay any attention to her. Liam cheated on her and she just wants to be loved. She feels lighter after unloading all of that on him and he says if she wants to thank him, she'll take the Krav Maga classes and she says that she will if he sits for a photography session with her. Ah. And he agrees. A few days later, she's got Alex at the studio to take some photos of him. She talks about how she's started having sex dreams about him at night. Mm. She's picturing all of the things that she wants to do with him as he gets situated for their session. And she's trying to get him to open up so there's some sort of emotion in the photos, but he won't do it. He accuses her of wearing her emotions all over her face and says he can tell that she wants him. She admits that she does, but says that he wants her too. He's just scared to admit it. He says that if he'd wanted her, he'd take her and trails a finger over her breast and she moans 
His eyes dilate and he drops his hand telling her to finish the photo shoot. And they do. And then he just walks out without saying anything. When she looks through the photos that were taken after their little exchange, she can see the clear look of desire on his face. She's like, this is the most beautiful photo I've ever taken. We switch to Alex's POV and he's talking to his uncle on the phone about how their plan for revenge against the people who killed his family will be coming to a head in a month's time. He's also gotten Liam fired from his job and blacklisted by any other companies. Suddenly, he gets a notification on his phone. It's from social media and it's a shaky video of two people fighting and he immediately speeds over to Madeline's house. We switch to Ava's POV and she's at a party at Madeline's house and Madeline has her cornered in the pool room. They introduce themselves awkwardly like Madeline approaches her and was like, who are you? So wait, she's at Madeline's house. Uh-huh. Yeah. She got invited to a party there. I think Stella was the friend that got invited because she's like friends with Madeline's little sister or something. Okay. Like an influencer. Gotcha. Madeline's clearly pissed off at Ava and starts to antagonize her about Alex. She's jealous. Madeline. It's well known among a certain segment of DC's female population. No kissing, no face-to-face contact during sex. She lowered her head so she could whisper in my ear. But he will take you from behind. Choke and fuck you till you see stars. Call you the filthiest names and treat you like a slut. She straightened, her eyes gleaming with triumph at my scarlet face. Some women like that. You? She looked me over again with a laugh. Go back to your bake sales, honey. You're way out of your league. Your bake sale? Okay, I bitch. Said that. Go back to your bake sales. Honey, I'm going to fuck him and be a slut. <laughs> so nothing crazy. It's not like he... That is not crazy He's going to fuck you from behind. And call you dirty names. He's crazy. He's going to make you feel like a slut. Ava decides to bluff and says that maybe Alex just doesn't like to look at Madeline during sex because Ooh. he definitely looks at Ava. Oh, shots fired. All of a sudden, Madeline pushes Ava into the pool and Ava can't swim. So she starts drowning. Yeah. Why was she in the pool room? She went into the pool room like of her own free will. Yeah. She's terrified of water. Yeah, she has aquaphobia. And she was like, this pool room looks beautiful. I'm going to stand by this big pool of water. Stupid. We switch to Alex's POV. He bursts into Madeline's room as the party is ending and grabs Madeline by the throat, demanding to know where Ava is. She tells him that Ava left with her friend after she was pulled out of the pool. And Alex tells her to never contact Ava or himself ever again or he'll ruin her father's business and leaves. Stella's leaving Ava's house as Alex pulls up and tells him Ava's okay given the circumstances and he rushes up to her room. She's sitting on her bed and tells him that she hates feeling helpless and she's sick of her stupid water phobia. And then she asks him to teach her how to swim. We switch to Ava's POV. It's a couple of weeks later and Alex has been guiding her through meditation to get her ready for her first swim lesson. They've started to form a friendship at this point. That's fair. She's also started to masturbate thinking about him. Okay. It's Alex's birthday so she planned him a surprise surprise party and he walks in and they all yell surprise it's all her friends he doesn't have any friends yeah he has ralph yeah ralph the guy from the dojo or whatever he's there yeah that's it and then it's all her friends yeah he's frozen and so they awkwardly start the party and eventually he relaxes and they start having a good time after the party's over they do the dishes together and he tells her that he had a good time and this was his first birthday party since his parents died his parents died when he was like 10 She asks how they died and he tells her that they were murdered by his father's work rival. She moves closer to him and tells him there's something beautiful waiting for him tomorrow or years from now that will restore his faith in life and he deserves it. And then she kisses him. (gasps) Yeah. 
She crosses that line. She does. But that's your brother's best friend. Oh, you're the little sister. <laughs> he deepens the kiss and spins her around so her leg is wrapped around him and his erection is pressed between her thighs. Oh my god. She's hella soaked. Hella soaked? And he keeps on kissing her but suddenly pulls away and freaks out and she asks what the problem is and he tells her they'd never work and to forget the kiss. It was a mistake. Okay. Ouch. He tells her he's trying to save her from him, but she doesn't want to be saved. Stupid. (laughs) We switch to Alex's POV. A few days later, he's on a warpath at work and can't stop replaying the kiss and angrily masturbates, thinking about her when he takes a shower. He's just so angry in the shower. Just... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He hasn't heard from Ava since the kiss. Well, yeah, you were kind of a dick. Yeah, he's like, forget it. This was a mistake. He goes to her work and hands her a new phone since hers clearly isn't working. She smiles and accuses him of missing her. And he's like, no, you just weren't returning my text. So I wanted to make sure you had a phone. Yeah. (laughs) And he said it's like not even on the shelf, like top of the line, not even released yet phone. Yeah. It's like the iPhone 17. She tells him that she thought he needed space, so she gave it to him, and maybe they're spending too much time together. She seems very rational. Yes, she does. She really does. He says that they will be resuming the swim lessons, and she's like, okay. Ava's manager walks over angrily to see what the fuss is about, and Alex tells him to ring him up for the most expensive piece in the gallery. It's because Ava gets commission, and her Ah. boss was like, what are you doing? So now she's going to get some money. Yeah, and she's going to be employee of the month. Good for her. It's $40,000, and Alex is like, I thought you said it was expensive. (laughs) That's nothing to me. He's just like, oh, that's it? Oh, yeah, that's fine. He tells her to meet him at the pool on Saturday and leaves in a good mood. We switch to Ava's POV. It's Saturday, and it's time for her to get in the pool, and she's freaking out. Alex tells her to breathe and gets in first, and she follows him in, and he spends some time getting her used to the feeling of being in the water, and she's doing okay until it's time to submerge her head. And when she does, she gets a flashback to drowning. And then Alex pulls her out of the pool and holds her as she sobs. He promises that it'll get easier with time. And she realizes that she's falling for him and asks him to kiss her. No, you can't. (laughs) She asks if he wants to. You want a kiss? (laughs) Little smoochy smooch. He let out a half laugh, half groan. Does this feel like I don't want to? He grasped my hand and pulled it down until it rested on the most masculine part of him. My breath stuttered at his sheer heat and size, obvious even under his swim trunks, and I curled my fingers around the thick rod, fascinated by the power I held in my palm. (laughs) Rod. The power. He tells her if she keeps doing that, she'll be in a world of trouble, and so she tightens her grip on his dick. Better watch out or I'm going to get you from behind. Oh, no. (laughs) She tells him that Madeline told her what he likes in bed. And she says maybe she likes those things, too. And then he tells her to get up. She's about to find out what happens when you invite yourself into the lion's den. Oh, my God. (laughs) We switch to Alex's POV. He gets them a penthouse suite at the hotel where the pool is. Yeah. He's like, we we don't have time to drive anywhere. Like, He's like, I gotta fuck right now. But it better be a penthouse. Yeah. I was so fucking hard, my cock almost punched a hole through my pants. And the images I had running through my mind, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> His cock just fucking poof. Yeah. <laughs> He's rock hard and tells her to undress. So she does. I devoured her with my eyes, taking in every detail and imprinting it in my mind. Her skin glowed bronze beneath the suit's dim lights in her body. Christ. Round ass. Long legs. 
<laughs> He's just naming off the things. <laughs> Two eyes, one nose. <laughs> Round ass, long legs, the sweetest little pussy. He doesn't even know. No, she's naked. Oh, he just knows. That's a sweet you pussy. Know. That is the sweetest little puss. <laughs> And firm, perky tits. Not big, but enough for a handful. And tipped with hard, rosy nipples that were perfect for sucking and nibbling. Oh my god. I circled her. A predator toying with its prey. So close I could smell the tang of her arousal. (laughs) Gross. I stopped behind her and pressed my body against hers until she could feel my angry, steel-hard erection against (laughs) the soft curve of her ass. Why are they always angry? Oh, no. I don't know either. The dicks are always just like, I'm fixing to fuck ya. <laughs> <laughs> she was naked as the day she was born while I was fully clothed. And somehow that made the scene even filthier. I'm sorry, sir, but why do you need to say that? He starts to kiss her neck. You want me to take you, sunshine? I murmured. Ruin you? Pound you into a pathetic mess? Turn you into my little fuck doll? A whimper escaped her mouth and shot straight to my groin, hardening my already aching cock. Yes. Yes? Yeah, I guess. You want me to pound you? (laughs) My little fuck You want to go to pound town? (laughs) He takes off his pants and tells her to open her mouth. And if it gets too much to tap on his thigh, he pushes in all the way and into her throat and almost comes immediately. Your mouth is mine. I rubbed my thumb over her bottom lip before trailing it down her chest and pinching her nipples. She moaned, your breasts are mine. I drifted lower, adjusting my position so I could squeeze her ass hard. Your ass is mine. I reached around and parted her thighs, sliding my fingers past her slippery folds. She was so wet, they were drenched within seconds. And your pussy is mine. Every inch of you belongs to me. And if you ever let another man touch you, my other hand closed around her throat. He'll end up in pieces, and you'll end up tied to my bed and fucked in every hole until my name is the only one you remember. Do you understand? Her cunt clenched around my fingers. Yes. Say it. Who do you belong to? You, Ava whispered. I belong to you. That's right. I slipped my fingers out of her pussy and thrust them into her mouth. I hummed in approval when she sucked and licked her own juices off without me asking. Do you taste that, sunshine? That's the taste of you signing your life away. Because from now on, I own you. Body, mind, and soul. Toxic ass bitch. He starts to fuck her mouth and pulls out, coming all over her face. And then she darts her tongue out and licks the cum off her lips. And he thinks to himself that that was the hottest thing he's ever seen. Has no one ever done that for you, sir? (laughs) He tells her to get on the bed on all fours and he removes the rest of his clothing. Ava blinked up at me, her eyes watering from my size and how deep I was. But she didn't tap out, so I stayed still while she adjusted. After what felt like an eternity, but was in actuality a few seconds, she started licking and sucking, slowly at first, but quickly building up to a rhythm that had her bobbing her head up and down with enthusiasm. My other hand shot to the back of her head, and my abs shook from the effort not to come down her throat before I was ready. That's it, I growled. Suck that cock like a good little whore. Is this what she was talking about? (laughs) You are so very wet, my beautiful whore. (laughs) (laughs) that's a line i licked her glistening juices off her skin savoring the taste and delicate female scent that drove every man crazy i pushed a finger inside her tight slick folds and was rewarded with a loud whimper do you want me to eat out this gorgeous cunt of yours (laughs) 
I'm just trying to picture if like Andrew ever said that to me. I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> sure, I guess. If you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I gently tugged on her clit with my teeth, flicking over the sensitive nub with my tongue, and she exploded, her screams reverberating off the walls. You taste so fucking good, I growled, lapping up every drop while she shook and trembled beneath my touch. The perfect appetizer for tonight. Oh, little appy. She says, that was an appetizer? Oh my god, you're crazy. <laughs> Sunshine, this is a 12-course meal. <laughs> I rolled on a condom and slid my already hard again cock along her drenched folds. And we're just getting started. He slams into her and Ava's loving it as he fucks her roughly. It turned out my sweet, innocent lamb was actually a dirty little slut in disguise. <laughs> And I'd never been happier to be wrong. I flipped her over in time to see her shatter once more, her pleasure-glazed eyes and sighs urging me to go faster and deeper until I, too, come apart in a powerful orgasm that ripped through me with the force of a Category 5 hurricane. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) She tells him that he broke his rules with the no face-to-face contact, and he realizes that he did, but the rules don't apply to Ava anymore. No, No, they don't. She's different. She's a different girl. We switched to Ava's POV. She's exhausted from hours of sex with Alex and she's trying to stay awake because she notices that he doesn't look tired at all. He tells her that he actually has really bad insomnia and he's lucky if he gets a couple hours of sleep and she falls asleep for the first time with no nightmares. Wow, all these guys in these books just have terrible sleeping. They spend the rest of their weekend in that penthouse suite having, her words, raw, soul-destroying, animalistic sex. It doesn't seem that crazy. And Adam's like, you can't handle what he's into. He's going to call you a fucking slut. And he's going to fuck you from behind. It is not vanilla. It's like vanilla bean. Yeah. It's like a toasted vanilla. (laughs) (laughs) Even at his coldest, Alex had always treated me with respect outside the bedroom. But inside the bedroom, I was his toy. His to fucking use. In the shower, pressed against the window, bent over the desk, and I craved it as much as he did. After they eat breakfast, she asks what they're going to do once they leave this room. Like, what is their game plan? Are they a couple? Like, what's happening? What are we? Yeah. <laughs> they have to have that talk. It's important. He tells her that they'll tell Josh what happened between the two when he comes home for Christmas. She's like, so, but like, what are we? Alex gripped my chin and brought my gaze to his. What did I tell you? You're mine, sunshine. You're never never touching another man unless you want him six feet in the ground so yes we're fucking exclusive jesus christ calm down she tells him that the same goes for him and other women and he likes her jealous he flips her onto her back and rolls a condom on and then thrusts into her you want to fuck we fuck (laughs) (laughs) you want to fuck (laughs) we will fuck You want to date? Redate. You want to call me your boyfriend? I'll call you my girlfriend. But for now, let me take care of that needy little pussy of yours. Hmm? And he did. And he did. (laughs) And he did. As soon as she's on the brink of her orgasm, a phone rings and Alex answers it and tells the other person on the line he can talk as he's still inside her. (laughs) I got nothing going on. I'm not doing anything. She tries to roll her hips and he mutes the call and grabs her off the bed along with the phone. He sets her next to the couch and tells her to bend over, spread her legs, and be quiet. He slams into her and she moans. Don't make a sound, he warned. This is an important call. Alex's thrust picked up a steady, punishing rhythm until I was no longer gripping the armrest. I was on the couch itself 
soft, my hips draped over the arm, my face buried in the cushions, my rock-hard nipples and swollen clit scraping against the fabric as he fucked me so viciously my feet lifted off the ground. All the while, he continued his call, taking it off mute only when he had to speak. Oh my god. He continues to fuck her harder and deeper until she realizes that the room is quiet and the phone call's like, just over. Like, he doesn't even say anything. He just like, continues i don't know how far time this is i think it's like a couple days later but she's with her friends and she's telling everyone about her new relationship with alex jules is excited stella is worried for her and bridget's pretty neutral she decides to go to her dad's for the day since it's his birthday on tuesday and she won't get to spend the day with him and he's like what are you doing here why are you here daughter her dad yeah she brings him his favorite cake and he says thank you but there's an awkward silence so josh has always been the buffer between the two like as long as josh is in the room everyone gets along but it's, if it's just those two it's like super weird she also can't help but feel that there's something else there that makes them so distant she catches him staring at her he looks at her like he doesn't know her like he hates her and like he also fears her shady yeah what's going on some time passes and her jules stella and bridget are trying to go to the fall fest which is their annual tradition but bridget's new bodyguard won't let them bridget's new bodyguard because she's yeah. the princess oh okay that's fine her new bodyguard's name is reese larson and he is bulky broody and dangerously gorgeous as reese always is but bridget shuts him up and gets out of the car anyways she's like i'm fucking going i've been going to this for three years i'm going i guess her old bodyguard was like one of the girls yeah he would literally oh. have girls days with them. Oh, I love that. They eat, walk around, and Jules asks where Alex is. And Ava's like, he's too busy for a college event. I don't know. But Stella says, you sure about that? <gasps> and she turns around. and He's right there. He's everywhere. He kisses her while her friends stare at them with fascination. So they're all just like, oh, what is happening? Alex ends up cutting himself on something at one of the booths because they're like doing like games and stuff like carnival mm-hmm. games too. Ava takes him to the health center to get him band-aids because she's like, you're going to get an infection. We got to go. I have to care for you. He tells her she's cute when she worries and she tells him to stop being sweet. And once they grab the band-aids, they go into like the bathroom so he can wash his hands and she can put them on. And he locks the door and tells her that he's never sweet. So maybe he should remedy that. Oh my God. What are they going to do? Always so horny. Always. He lifts her onto the sink and flips her dress up and she warns that the walls are super thin and there's literally thousands of people outside at the festival and the receptionist is literally on the other side of the door. And he's like, yeah, I know. Better be quiet then. I don't give a fuck. I hope you're not attached to your underwear, he said. My brows drew together. What? The sound of fabric tearing answered my incomplete question. Alex's mouth curled into a sly grin at my shocked expression. Since we've established that you're a screamer, he said, open your mouth. My resistance collapsed. I opened my mouth and he shoved my underwear in, muffling my moan. I shivered when I tasted the slickness of my arousal. I would throw up. (laughs) Girl, you've been wearing those for a few hours. She's been tooting in them. Just (laughs) mustying them up. (laughs) Yeah walking around he starts fingering her and tells her to come for him like a little slut and she does and when she's finished she looks down just as he's jerking off and like jizzes all over her thighs she goes to clean off and he tells her no he wants her to walk around with his cum on her so she knows who she belongs to so she does as he says and they join everyone else you think it's just like crusty on her legs like she's wearing a dress she's just crusty every step she takes just like pulls on her skin no no panties anymore yeah Uh -uh. she's like yeah of course 
I will. Once they join everyone else, they start talking about holiday plans and she asks him if he wants to join her and her dad for Thanksgiving. He's like, I've been to Thanksgiving at your house every year for eight years. Obviously, I'm going. I know. He's like, um... But Josh isn't there this time. She's like, I think it's going to be weird. Josh isn't there. And my dad doesn't even fucking like me. Yeah. We fast forward to Thanksgiving and it is incredibly awkward. Everything about the dinner is awkward. Josh and her dad talk for like a little bit and then they all just eat in silence. They finish the night off with everything still being awkward. She's like, I know my dad knows that something's going on between us. I know it. Well, yeah. A father always knows. (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> Her dad's like, they're fucking. I can tell. I know. She walked in covered in jizz. <laughs> you <laughs> slut. She smells like a man's cum. <laughs> <laughs> she wakes up from a nightmare later that night, but it's not the usual drowning one. It's someone choking her. And she knows by now that usually her dreams are memories. She stays in bed until seven because she's like, I can't wake up. It's like four, four, four. That's like another thing. She always wakes up from her nightmares at four, four, four. Four, forty four in the morning. Huh. Which in Chinese culture, she says is bad luck. It's like death, death, death. Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. Maybe she's going to die. Spoiler. <laughs> she stays in bed until seven, then gets up and gets dressed to go to the lake in the backyard because she feels better about lakes now because of all the practice. She stands at the lake's edge and has the memory replay of her mom pushing her in. And her dad catches her in this like weird trance and is like, are you okay? Because he works out outside every morning religiously, she said, no matter what. He's always outside working out. He's like, what are you doing? He just comes up behind her and he's like, second time. (laughs) (laughs) He looks really worried after she like breaks out of the trance and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. I spun trying to escape the images flashing through my brain, but they wouldn't stop. Old nightmares, new revelations. My father's gold signet ring flashed in the light and I saw his face and I screamed. What's happening? We'll find out. We switched to Alex's POV. Something is wrong. Very wrong. Ever since he heard her scream this morning she's been pale and her eyes have been unseeing he wants to find out what freaked her out so bad so he could tear it apart with his bare hands he's like no one hurts my woman who touched you (laughs) bare hands (laughs) 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 bare hands they leave her dad's house and he takes her to his house and gets her settled on the couch and after she's settled in he demands to know what freaked her out he tells her that he will fix it because he would do anything for her even burn the world down with his bare hands (laughs) big meaty claws how's he gonna light a match with bare hands (laughs) 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 she admits that she isn't even sure if it was true and he's like tell me she says it's her childhood memory specifically the day that she almost died and the playback image is of her on the dock playing her dad moved out during her parents divorce and her mom went inside to go get her sunscreen and told her to stay right there not to move and so she does what she's told but now she thinks it wasn't her mom who returned she thought she smelled her perfume but she never looked at the face of the person who pushed her in she realized that morning when the memory came back that she saw the gold signet ring her dad wore And did he kill her mom? We'll find everything out. We switch to Ava's POV. After she retells everything to Alex, she can't stop throwing up. And more memories after that incident keep coming forward. The way that she explained it after that memory, she doesn't remember her whole childhood until she's like almost 10 years old. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a black space. Yikers. Yeah. Yeah, big yikers. But since she remembered that, and more keep showing up. She has a new memory and she's showing her dad an essay that she got an A plus on. She's like in the second grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's written about her dad because he saved her from drowning and he stands and asks if she remembers that day and she says no. 
He tells her it's for the best and then pushes her onto the couch and pushes a pillow over her head to suffocate her. And then she starts throwing up again. Wait, that was a dream she had? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Of her dad smothering her with a pillow. Okay. A week later, her and Alex are waiting in the Archer Group conference room, which is the company that he works for. Mm -hmm. The real estate is called Archer Group. Her father is supposed to meet them there. She tries to remember everything else, but only those two instances are clear in her memory. Her dad shows up looking confused and annoyed. He's like, you made me leave work for what? He immediately asks what the emergency is and then jumps to the conclusion that she's pregnant. Okay, dad. She asks Alex to leave the room because she's like, I can't do this like in front of him. Like it needs to be me and my dad. Mm -hmm. Once he leaves, she tells her dad that she isn't in trouble, but she remembered a few things over Thanksgiving weekend and his face drops. Please elaborate. He's like, um, oops. She asks if he was the one to push her in that day. And he continues the conversation with the story that he told her growing up like no your mom pushed you in and then she got really mentally sick and killed herself like i don't know what you remember but that's how it happened Mm -mm. she then tells him about the suffocating memory that she had and he lets her know that she never had a teacher by the name mrs james and she's like starting to get visibly upset because she's like am i fucking crazy yeah what the fuck what's happening to me and he's being all sweet to her too he's like sweetheart you were remembering wrong you dumb stupid little bitch yeah but as he's trying to tell her these things alex barges in and he tells michael to stop lying to ava because he had a pi look into what ava told him she remembers everything about the suffocating memory is true the teacher that was her actual teacher at the time was like yeah no we saw bruises on her and we asked her what happened but she didn't know like we tried to look into it but we got paid to just like be quiet what the fuck ava feels better and tells michael that she thinks that he has been lying about everything he just gaslit the shit out of her yeah he did well he tried Michael's face remains anguished for several more seconds before it twists and morphs into a hideous mask. His eyes gleam with delighted malice and his mouth spreads into a mocking smile. Ew. Michael slow claps and says he almost had her. Her bitch of a mom cheated on him, so Ava isn't his daughter at all. She asks why he fought for custody then, and he says he only did it for Josh. He had to execute plans to try and get rid of Ava, and thankfully her mom wasn't the most astute mother. He was there to plant drugs at her mom's house to make her look incompetent, but then he saw Ava playing all by herself near the lake and was like, golden opportunity. He coerced small Ava to make her mom guilty and was like, your mom pushed you in? Like, I saved you? Like, are you okay? The authorities obviously gave both kids to him and then her mom actually became depressed and killed herself. Alex interrupts and tells Michael that there's no statute of limitations for attempted murder and the entire conversation is recorded. Michael's face drops and he tries to go back to being a dad and was like, honey, you should not listen to Alex. He's a terrible person. And Alex tells him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. FBI agents come in. Michael tries to make a threat about not holding up in court no matter what and how he'll fight with all his money against Alex. Michael has no fucking money because he's been doing illegal things with his business, tax evasion, corporation fraud. Michael has one more trick up his sleeve and tries to tell Ava that Josh would never believe her because he worships his dad. So at least he'll have Josh. And in that moment, Josh walks in. What? And tells his dad that will never happen and then punches Michael in the face. <gasps> punch, punch. Oh my God, the tea. You know, this family's fucked up. Oh, I just fucking hate a villain monologue. Where they're just yeah. like, you foiled my plans and this was my entire plan in great detail. <laughs> I almost had you. <laughs> if it wasn't for you meddling kids. I hate it. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Why would you give such great detail 
for your plan. It's stupid. He wouldn't have said that. No. A couple hours later, Josh and Ava are by themselves and he apologizes for never catching on to Michael and she tells him not to apologize because he would have never known as a child. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. She tells him that he's always been an amazing brother and has been there for her whenever she needed him to be. They catch up a bit more since he has to go back to Central America to finish his program the next day. But then he drops the bomb and was like, so you and Alex. We could all say that it is Josh's fault. He's the one that was like, watch my sister. And then Alex decided to take it like 10 steps further. Watch your naked. No, watch her bounce on his dick. (laughs) (laughs) He isn't mad at her, but he is mad at Alex, especially from knowing his tastes over the years. And his tastes are nothing crazy. No. What does Josh do? Is he just like a big old slut? Slutty slut boy? I guess, but I think they both are. Josh is like a way bigger slut than him. But maybe he's like, man, I know you're a slut, so I don't want you being with my innocent, sweet angel baby sister. She defends Alex and tells Josh all the amazing things that he's done for her while Josh has been gone. And he has fucking taken care of this pussy. (laughs) He's doing a good job. (laughs) Josh is like, so you love him. And she's like, yeah. Yeah, I love him. I'm in love, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) The next day after Josh leaves, Alex was so busy, so she spent the day with her friends and rehashed everything that happened with Michael. Then someone knocks on the door. It's Alex. He has cupcakes. Red velvet cupcakes. Red velvet He's everywhere, cupcakes. man. He is everywhere. He is. After a while, all the girls leave because it's, like, awkward just sitting with Ava and Alex. She wants to tell him that she loves him, so she does. She's like, you know what? I'm just going to. I'm going to say it. He freezes and tells her she doesn't mean that. You don't mean that. How could she, honestly? Take it back. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> you are cold and infuriating and I admit a little scary, but you are also patient and supportive and brilliant. You inspire me to chase my dreams and drive away my nightmares. You are everything I didn't know I needed and you make me feel safer than anyone else on the planet. What I'm trying to say again is I love you, Alex Volkov. Every part of you, even the parts I want to slap. He smiles at her and says, You are the light to my dark sunshine, he said in a raw voice. His lips brushed against mine as he spoke. Without you, I'm lost. Beautiful words that made my heart pound, but I couldn't help noticing none of them were... I love you too. (laughs) Cause he doesn't, bitch. He doesn't. We switch to Alex's POV. He goes to his uncle's house because he's put off meeting with him long enough. His uncle asks why he's there and Alex says, You know why. And his uncle smiles and says, Checkmate. Congratulations. He tells his uncle not to worry, even though he knows in his head the reason his plans changed so much is because of Ava. His uncle tells Alex he's worried about him and the distractions, and then he's like, so how is Ava? How does he know? Alex tells his uncle that she's a good lay, and that's it. And his uncle asks, so your revenge? That's it? And Alex says, no, there's more. Alex goes back to a memory of that day. His parents trying to hide him and his little sister, Nina. After they were shut in the passage, Nina's cat runs out and she follows it. But Alex stays behind so he wouldn't disappoint his parents. He looks through the peephole and sees two strange men in the living room. The men shoot his dad and then shoot his mom and then apologize to Nina before they take her life as well. Once the men left and he was sure they wouldn't come back, Alex leaves the hiding spot. So that's his story. It's terrible. After a couple hours of exercise, at his uncle's house to get his mind sorted, Alex thinks back to what his uncle has said and how he got 
Alex's schedule from his assistant and why did he need his schedule so bad because he's like that's the only way that he would ever know that I'm distracted by Ava yeah he puts on gloves and jams the security feed in his uncle's office so he can snoop he doesn't find anything but he has a weird gut feeling that he's missing something so he checks the library since that is his uncle's favorite room as he's looking around he accidentally knocks a chess piece off the board and when he bends down to notice it he notices something off There are two outlets beneath the table, one ordinary and the other fake. He gets the fake one popped off and pulls out papers. And as he's speed reading them and committing them to memory, his uncle pulls in the driveway. The pieces click together in his head and it feels like a cocktail of betrayal, fury, and relief. He puts the papers how he found them and plucks a book from the shelf as his uncle walks in. Uncle! The plot thickens. We switch to Ava's POV. Alex is late at meeting her at the Italian restaurant they picked for their date and hasn't returned any of her calls or texts. She's starting to really worry when someone walks up. The person that walks up asks if she remembers him and he's Elliot from Liam's birthday party last year. For some reason, he's like, I'm so sorry for like Liam being a douchebag. He tells her that his fiance and him are looking for a photographer for their wedding and they want to hire her. And as she's getting his contact info, Alex pushes him out of the way. He's like, why are you flirting with my fucking girlfriend? Oh my God, that'd be so embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. He apologizes for being late and tells her that his phone dies and that he'll make it up to her. As they eat dinner, she tells him she got into the photography fellowship that she's been waiting on and it's in New York and he tells her congratulations, kisses her, yada, yada. He tells her that his job also has an office in Manhattan, so he will go with her. So he's like, yeah, I'll move with you. Which she didn't ask. No. And... As he's telling her this, something buzzes in his pocket. His phone wasn't dead. She's like, what the fuck is that? He's like, I charged it a little bit in the car, but he's being really weird. Sus. So she leaves him at the table and speed walks home. She's power walks. picturing her being like. (laughs) Do you know that episode of Malcolm in the Middle where Hal starts power walking and he's wearing like a flame suit with a helmet? Yes. I'm just picturing that. (laughs) We switched to Alex's POV. He paid and discreetly followed her home to make sure she gets back there safe. And then he goes back to DC. He hates that he lied to her, but he's also close to finishing what he started. He's been talking to his family's killer's killer which i had to read that like three times before i was like what families killers killers killer so they were like hitmen he's talking to the people that killed the hitmen everything in the library that he read changed the game he hired his tech guy to hack into his uncle's financial records dated back to his parents time of death and a large sum of money had been wired from one of his uncle's secret offshore accounts to an anonymous account two days before their deaths and then another equally large sum the day after the burglars died His hacker also tracked the account to locate the person who the money went to. So he wired the same amount of money to that person so they can confirm who hired them to kill the burglars. He receives a text with only one name and that's it. The man responsible for his family's death wasn't Michael Chen after all. It was Ivan Volkov. Wait a second. He thought it was Michael. Really? Uh Uh-huh. For 16 years. But it was his uncle. <gasps> what a turn of events <laughs> i don't know if it's the next day or like a few days after but he's making pancakes as the door rings and he's like oh that's earlier than expected someone's pretty eager but when he opens the door it's ava mm-hmm. so he's like you need to leave right i've now. got killing to do as she's telling him that they need to talk about their relationship his uncle pulls up he knows he needs to explain a lot since he's fucked over both ava and josh but now's not the time ivan walks up and alex makes half-ass introductions and ava's like this is weird i should not be here something is happening here 
Ivan talks to Ava while Alex gets his drink and Alex asks why Ivan is there and he says to congratulate the new CEO. Their whole show is all bullshit. His uncle did not resign. He toppled from his position thanks to the secret boardroom coup that Alex conducted. And after Alex was done, he would literally have nothing. Ava congratulates him on the CEO position but looks hurt over the fact that he didn't tell her something so big when she told him about her big news the day of. Yeah. But then he like fucking ruined it by being late. Ivan mentions how they should visit him because he doesn't have anyone around and he's an old man who gets paranoid and sometimes he checks all the cameras in his rooms. Even the Um, library. Oh my god, this also little unky being like suspicious. He's like, (laughs) oh, I even um, checked my cameras. I'm just a paranoid old man. Yeah, I'm just old and delirious and don't know anything at all. It would be a shame if someone were to be snooping around my library. Oh my god, they found a fake outlet. Alex realizes that he forgot to jam the library cameras and Ivan knows now that he figured some shit out. What Alex hasn't figured out yet, though, is why Ivan chose Michael Chen as the scapegoat. Ivan leaves and it's just Alex and Ava alone. He wants to reassure her but isn't sure how to since he let everything get super messed up between the two of them. She asks him why he didn't mention the promotion and he tells her that it was official last night and he was going to make it a surprise at the Christmas party. Stupid. You can't just tell her. She crawls into his lap and tells him that she misses him and she asks if he's been so distant because she told him that she loved him and he says no it's not that because he would do anything for her. It's just the CEO transition. She kisses him and he takes her upstairs. Fades to black. Wait, his uncle's not there anymore? No, he left. Oh. Two weeks after his uncle's visit, his world crashed down. His uncle calls him and asks him to visit ASAP. As he gets to his uncle's house and walks to the study, his uncle is surprised that he actually like showed up and Ivan looks like complete shit. So like he's lost a bunch of weight, all his hair is falling out, he has like dark circles under his eyes. His uncle demands the CEO position to come back to him. Alex tells him no, but his uncle says that he has something Alex wants and if he doesn't give him the position back and wire $50 million into his account, he'll retaliate. And Alex is like, go for it. But Ivan shouts in Russian to bring them in and two men drag Ava and Bridget in. (gasps) He tries not to react, but he tells his uncle that he doesn't see anyone in the room that would make him give in to his demands. He looks Ava over. I know. He looks Ava over again and she's hurt. She's covered in bruises. Her cheek is cut and her skin is chafed from the ropes around her wrists. He's pissed, but he needs to like remain neutral to not give anything away. Alex looks to Bridget and sees that she's still like very much a princess and regal. She's just like standing there like, "Mm, whatever. (laughs) He's wondering what these men did to Reese since Reese is an ex-Navy SEAL. Yeah. His uncle threatens to tell Ava everything he did in the name of revenge. And Alex is like, you're wrong. She was never more than a pawn in this plan. Go ahead. Tell her. It's fine. I don't even like her. She's just a good lay. She's not my type. I've said it five times. (laughs) Alex tells Ivan that's why he pulled away from her after Michael went to jail, but he didn't leave completely because the sex was too good. She looks like Alex just hit her and he tells her everything about how none of the past eight years was a coincidence. He finishes his whole story by explaining it was never Michael, although he did deserve to be in prison since he was a child abusing asshole. Yeah. It was his uncle. So he's like, here's the last eight years of my life. Wasn't your dad, though I'm glad he's in jail. It was this piece of shit over here. Ivan winces and Alex loves the pain that he's in. Two weeks is a long time and he should be in a lot of pain by now. His uncle agrees and tells his side of the story about how easy it was to frame Michael since he was an ex-business partner of Alex's dad. And all of this pretty much happened because Alex's mom picked his dad over Ivan. So Ivan's been crazy ever since. 
So he already had like a dislike of Alex's dad because his mom picked him instead of him. And then the business partner came in, did some shady shit, which he didn't like either and was like, I'll just frame this guy. What the fuck? Yeah. Crazy. Ivan again gives Alex the ultimatum of making him CEO and giving him money or he kills both the girls. Alex steps forward and says that tea that he had two weeks ago at his house, it was poison. <sighs> It is similar to thallium, which has no known antidote, but what he gave Ivan does, and he has one vial of antidote stashed somewhere in this house. Mm. Three things happened at once. Ava threw herself at a distracted camo and knocked the gun out of his hand. Bridget's bodyguard tackled camo from behind and caught him in a chokehold, and I whipped out the hidden gun in my shoulder holster beneath my coat and pointed it at my uncle. Ha ha! Reese has one arm over the guy's neck. Ava and Bridget are getting out of their wrist restraints, and he's about to shoot his uncle. He tells the girls to leave the room now, just as he shoots his uncle. He shoots him three more times for his parents and his sister, and then one last time for himself. And then Alex is like, let that fucking man go and get out. And then he kills the camo man. Damn. We switch to Ava's POV. An hour passes, and the police and paramedics are there asking questions, because she did call the cops. Bridget tells her that once the police are gone, Reese will drive them back. She looks over to Alex and sees that he's like way too calm for the situation. And then she remembers what he said to her. She walks over to him and the officer questioning him leaves. She's wondering what is true and what isn't. And he asks why she's still there. And she says she wants to know if anything between them was real. He freezes, but then tells her that he warned her not to romanticize him. Damn. Yeah. It's really sad. And she's like, has to have like Bridget guide her back to the car because she's just like heartbroken standing there. Yeah. We switch to Alex's POV. He watches Ava leave and he just wants to go grab her and beg her for forgiveness. But he can't since he's the one who hurt her. The cleanup crew finished the house and he notes how the police and paramedic did a good job today since they aren't actually real so he jammed the phones at his uncle's house oh shit and then knew his own people were on backup genius seriously after the cleaning crew gets out of the house he lights it on fire and they all watch it burn he thought it all out he really did a man with a plan some time passes and josh is back in the states and punches him in the face good good bitch he makes no move to block the hits or hit josh back he thinks how he this is the least he deserves for what he did true We switch to Ava's POV. It's two months later. She sees an email about her photography program coming up, but she's no longer excited about it. She's thinking how she no longer even loves photography and she's like furious about it. She's like, that pisses me off. Something that I love so much, I don't like it anymore. Right, poor girl. In this fury, she gets up, gets dressed and leaves the house. And she's like, I'm not gonna hurt myself. I'll be fucking back. I need to do something. She goes to the campus pool. (gasps) She practices her breathing exercises and steps in and then dunks her head underwater. While she's underwater, like dunking and coming back up and dunking, she replays every memory from the last couple months and then does this over and over and over again until she can't take the memories and she starts swimming. <gasps> yeah, girl. And she's like, I am strong and capable and I need to let other people stop treating me like a baby. I am woman. Yeah. I am woman. I am woman. I hate that song. She leaves the pool and looks at the clock and sees that she's been there for over an hour. Just swimming. Yeah, just a swimming girl. She's just a little fishy fish. (laughs) Swimmy swim. We switch to Alex's POV. It is two and a half months later. Ralph bursts into his office and is like, you look like shit. Have to talk to you. He asks Ralph why is he there because he's way too busy to talk to him. And Ralph tells him that he is actually retiring and moving to Vermont with his wife. So no more lessons at the gym. Alex is like, okay, that's fine. Get out. Leave. Alex says fine and asks if they can do dinner before Ralph moves and he says yes 
but then tries to bring up him and Ava and Alex says, never speak her name ever. We do not say that. Ralph tells him to quit running from his troubles and then his assistant comes in saying that he has a new visitor. And as Ralph is leaving, Bridget walks in and Alex is like, what the fuck? Quit sending people into my office. Who are these people? She tells him she knows what he did and to cut the bullshit. He's having Ava followed and she knows because Reese caught the guy that he hired to follow Ava and she wants to know why because he's done quite enough to traumatize her. True. He tries to deny what she's saying, but she's not buying it and keeps calling him out. She says that she knows he did it because he still cares and he starts to get mad and she's like, I'm not fucking stupid. Like, I have leverage on you and... She's like, I guess you don't want to know about Ava. And she like goes to leave. He's like, what about Ava? He's like, no, no, no. I, I want to know. Tell me everything. I miss her. <laughs> and she's like, I'll tell you if you admit that you care about her. He's like, I can't. I am a robot. <laughs> beep boop, beep, 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 boop, beep, boop. Beep, boop, boop, Cannot compute love. <laughs> Bridget tells him, to be clear, I despise you for what you did and I don't want her to forgive you, but I love her more than I hate you and she hasn't been the same since Philly. I didn't say anything at first because I thought you didn't care, but now that I know you do, don't insult me by denying it again. I may not have a Mensa level IQ, but I'm not an idiot. I hate to admit it, but you're the only person with any hope of getting through to her. I've tried Jules and Stella and Josh has tried, but he can't. It's not working. And she says Ava's fine on the outside, but inside she isn't. She's missing the spark that makes her her. And he's like, I know what you're talking about. If she needs my deck. That's what brings that spark back to life. <laughs> Bridget tells him that he should at least tell her how he feels. And if something happens, cool. If not, then at least she deserves to know. And Bridget wants to know why he's such a fucking coward. And he starts to get mad again. He's like, she's better off without me. I couldn't protect her and I can't protect her since everyone around me always gets hurt. And she's like, cut the fucking pity party. Your uncle is gone, but you were blindsided because he's your family. And everybody else that tried to hurt her is gone. You got rid of them. Like, stop. But it's too late. Ava's moving to London instead of New York. So she switched her photography fellowship to London since she's now getting over her aquaphobia. And the person that she wanted to work under the most is in London. She's doing the damn thing. Yeah, she is. Go, girl. Get it. You don't need a man. He immediately asks for her flight info, and she's like, I I don't have that. And he's like, I don't care if you don't have that. Fucking get it for me. I'm going to go catch her in the airport. She's like, why do you need it? And he's like, because I love her. I'm in love. Bridget knows that she won, and she gives him the info. And she's like, by the way, Ava leaves today. He cancels all his meetings and jets out the door. And as he's running through the airport, he's like, this is some cheesy, stupid fucking romance movie scene. He gets to her gate, and the plane is gone. Ava's left. (gasps) Too late. Snooze, you lose. We switch to Ava's POV. She loves London, and she loves that no one knows her here, and she can kind of reshape herself. And her creativity has come back as well. Aw, go for her. She's been busy doing her program and making new friends, so she's barely thought much about home. She does call Josh and her friends once a week just to, like, catch up. She leaves to go catch up on editing because she's at a a pub with a, pub, a couple a fellowship friends. A quaint little pub. Uh-huh. Having a point. That was awful. A point. Having a point. <laughs> As she's on her way back to her dorm to edit her photos, she feels a prickle of awareness and she freezes on the street. <gasps> she's scared to look up. But she does. Guess who's there? He's there. Uh, he is. The sight of Alex is too much. She stops breathing and he walks up to her and softly says hi. Hey. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Sorry about, you know, 
all of the stuff. All that, but I really do love you. <laughs> she asks why he's there, and he says that he's there for her. She's like, I'm not interested. Nope. Yes, Leave me are. alone. She says that he is six months too late. And he's like, yeah, I know. He tells her that he thought he was protecting her better that way, but it wasn't. He also admits to her being followed by hired men to make sure she's safe, but he called them off and made a bunch of arrangements so he can look after her in London. He lives there now. Oh. To stalk her. A little psycho. Yeah. She tells him he's a psycho and she doesn't know him at all. And he told her he doesn't either, but he tells her it was all real. She tells him to stop lying because he ruined everything good for her. And he was right about there being no room for soft hearts in the world. It was real. That was what I believed because I'd never known anything else. But you showed me there is beauty in the world. I see it every time I look at you or see you smile or hear you laugh. You believe the best of people and that's a strength, not a weakness. Don't let anyone, least of all me, take that away from you. You told me once there is something beautiful waiting for me, something that would restore my faith in life. I found it. It's you. Then why were you a dick? Yeah. yeah. Why weren't you a giant gaping asshole? <laughs> <laughs> she tries to tell him to leave her alone so she can find someone else who won't betray her and he says that he will kill any man who tries to touch her. That is so manipulative. Yes. <laughs> She walks away from him and it starts to rain, but he follows her all the way back to the dorm and just stands outside. Like once she goes inside, she like looks out a window real quick and he's just standing there. In the rain, like John Cusack. And then he holds up a stereo. Peter Gabriel starts playing. (laughs) (laughs) Alex kept all his promises. He's shown up every single day and he has also sent gifts every single day. After the fourth week of this, she finally caves and is like, we need to talk now she takes him to like this weird alley like right after class next to one of the bars and is like stop stop fucking doing this and he says no 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 i will not (laughs) she tells him that he can literally have any woman he wants so to just leave her alone and he says that he only wants her and then he tells her that he loves her and that's what does it for her no three words eight letters say it and i'm yours (laughs) She starts crying because she doesn't believe him, but he tells her that he isn't Prince Charming and never will be, but he would burn the world down for her. Shut the fuck up. Okay, yes, shut the fuck up, but also, like, at this point, I think I may start believing him because he literally moved to another country. I think I would be scared of him. He's stalking me every day and leaving presents that I don't want. Yeah, that's true. She tells him that he's good at the long game, so how is she supposed to trust him? Maybe in another eight years, he'll decide to fuck her over again. And he looks on the verge of crying, which we know Alex doesn't cry, when he tells her that he would do anything to prove it to her. And she tells him to go back and just be a CEO. But he can't. He resigned last month. (gasps) He has enough money to last his life, and now he won't leave without winning her back. Well, what if you never get her back, sir? He's going to just stalk her for the rest of his days. What a life. Her photography fellowship ends with a grand exhibit, and she developed her own personal take on travel portraits and got to travel to multiple neighboring countries for all of her shots. Diane Lang is her mentor and role model and asks how she's feeling, and she says that she's fine, but nervous that no one will buy any of her pieces. But Diane's like, someone already bought every single piece. Who could it be? She knows in her gut it was Alex, and since that day that they talked, they developed like a 
minimal friendship, like they're somewhat good now. As she looks around for him, the fellowship director goes on stage and says that there's a special performance, so everyone clap for Alex Volkov. Oh, no. He's in a black tux and addresses the crowd and says that he's going to sing. Someone in his life made it possible to see all the good things instead of the bad, so he's going to do this for her. Apparently, he has, like, a great singing voice. (laughs) Everyone is speechless, and he sings with emotion and beauty and rawness. And when he's done and gets off the stage, everyone claps. Diane steers her to a photographer magazine that wants to meet her, but she's distracted by trying to spot where Alex went after the lovely performance. Yes. After they chat for a bit, she goes to search for him and can't find him. The night finishes with everyone leaving and one of her program friends, Jack, asking her out for food. She gently shuts him down as Alex shows up and says that she's busy with me. And also Alex will kill you. Yeah, he literally tells Jack that he will murder him. And Jack's like, I, should I call security? Jack leaves and she tells Alex to leave him alone and not even think about hurting him because he's actually a good friend. She asks why he's saying and he tells her, obviously for her, he's running out of ideas on how to prove himself and thought this would help. Idiot. She starts to cry and says that she thought he left after he sang and he's like, I would never leave you. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ever leave. He pulls her into a hug and asks if she missed him and she nods and he holds her while she cries and then he is like, do you want me to stay with you? And she whispers, yes, but she knows that he's not talking about the gallery and then he kisses her fiercely and desperate and then he says, do you want me to fuck you? She asks him not to break her heart again and he says that he won't. He slid my skirt up inch by inch until the cool air hit my ass and upper thighs. What else do you miss? He dipped his hand inside my already drenched panties and brushed the sensitive nub between my legs. Do you miss this? A whimper escaped. Yes. (laughs) Yes. What about this? He pressed his body against mine until I felt his rock hard erection against my thigh. What about this? (laughs) Do you miss my (laughs) pee-pee? What about this dick? Because it missed you. (laughs) She says, yes, she did miss it. And then he tells her that he told all the gallery staff to leave. So they're the only two people there. I told them all that we are going to fuck here. So they all left. You're welcome. He asks about Jack again and she tells him that she doesn't like Jack that way. Like he has to reassure himself, even though this whole time he's been confident and cocky. He's been watching her this whole time too. Yeah. You would know. He knows everything about her. And he replies. You don't think about him ever. He growled. I heard his belt unbuckling and his pants unzipping. I'm the only man in your mind, in your mouth, in your tight little pussy. Do you understand? Tell me who you belong to. He slid his cock against my drenched folds and I almost had a mini orgasm from that simple action alone. I belong to you. After all this, girl. He slams into her and covers her mouth to muffle her screams. And I put a question mark because nobody's there. And then he fucks her relentlessly and then it just... That's it. That's all you get. Please give us some more detail. We go to the epilogue in Ava's POV. Her and Alex are with Ralph and his wife having dinner in their new house in Vermont. It's Thanksgiving. But no Daddy Mikey this time. Prison Mike. Alex drives Ralph and his wife away from the table with a dirty comment. So he says something and they're both like, we have to go do something really quick. We'll be back. And then he tells Ava to go to him and she says no. If you're not in my lap in the next five seconds, Alex said in the same calm voice, I'll bend you over the table, rip off your skirt, and fuck you so hard, Ralph will have a heart attack from your screams. If you do not sit on my lap, I will kill him. So she gets up and walks over to him and sits on his lap. He proceeds to put his hand up her sweater and grab her boobs. Honk, honk. Even though the couple could come back any second, he's just 
feeling her up. He asks if she's had a good week and they both agree that it's been the best Thanksgiving they've had in a long time. Since finding out Alex and Ava are back together, Josh has barely talked to her. Oh, Joshy. Once they left Ralph's house to go back to their own cabin, she tells him that she loves him and he says that he loves her too, but it won't save her from the spanking she's about to get. <laughs> we switch to Alex's POV. He hates Vermont, but he does miss the time with Ava. Since they've been back, Archer Group took him back as CEO, so he's been super busy. And when he gets home, he calls for her, but here's the shower running. He turns on the news real quick and something catches his attention. So he goes to the bedroom and sees her just getting out of the shower and he tells her to turn on the news if she hasn't heard from Bridget today. <gasps> Bridget is now in line for the throne. Her brother abdicated the throne for a flight attendant he met in New York. Before the newscaster cuts back, he sees the way Bridget's eyes heat towards Reese and he saves that info for later. He's like, if I need to blackmail a fucking queen, I have that. <gasps> the end. Oh my god. So Riley, how many red pepper emojis do you give it? I think I'd give it three. Mm-hmm. It wasn't super spicy. It was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was alright. But lacked spice. You did lack the spice. Bland. It was a little bland, yes. And a little bit... It's like a peppercini. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of spice. We want ghost peppers. Yeah. I want to be unable to breathe. I want to be sweaty. Yeah. yeah I want to be sweating. Would you trade places with Ava? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> Do you think Alex is hot? He sounds hot. Yeah. But also fully insane. All right. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, next week, we're going to be telling Riley all about Morning Glory Milking Farm by C.M. Nacosta. Man. So, yeah, I am excited yeah. for this one. We're going to show Riley the cover, and she's going to give us our best guess as to what it might be about. This looks like, like a giant man cow. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like this woman this human woman is in love with some type of man cow (laughs) and i think she's gonna milk him maybe they're holding something and pouring something out which looks to be milk so i just think there's gonna be milk cows and fucking Do you think it's like whole milk or like 2%? I think it's going to be some type of like mystery milk. (laughs) Like it's not real milk because it's not a real cow. (laughs) But I don't know. I'm excited for this one. If you liked this episode, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Smut Up and Listen Podcast and on TikTok at Smut Up and Listen. Tell your friends and not your mom. And we'll see you later, you horny little rats. (laughs) 